Can't Talk Medicine was the 2013 debut from Pickwick, a record that quickly established the Seattle band as a promising and soulful new voice. Supporting spots on some big tours followed, as did their own big headline spots. But then Pickwick kind of disappeared. I'm Jeremy Peterson, joined in the studio today by Pickwick, who have recently returned with that long-awaited sophomore record, and they returned to CPR's open air. Welcome, Pickwick. Hey, how's it going? Very good. Nice to have you guys here. Thanks for having us. What are you going to start off with? We're going to start with Turncoat.
That's Pickwick playing for us in studio, Turncoat, the first single from the new record called Lovejoys. The band in the studio with us, Galen Diston on vocals, Michael Parker guitar, Garrett Parker on bass, Cassidy Lilstrom on keys, Alex Westcote on drums, Aaron Benson on the auxiliary percussion. Big band in the studio today. Well, first things first. So you, you guys, uh, many people will remember the, the debut record, Can't Talk Medicine. And even before that, uh, you had the series of singles and the EP that you put out. And uh, it was a pretty quick uh, meteoric rise for you guys at the time. That was, was back yeah. in uh, 2012, 2013. Uh, so I, d- I doubt it was by design to go four and a half years uh, <laughs> between that record and, and, and this new one. So what's been going on? That doesn't seem like a well-thought-out <laughs> marketing plan to you. <laughs> I guess on the business end, no, but... <laughs> Plus, was, people remember things for you know fifteen minutes these days. So. Right. I mean, it's a long story, and <laughs> I don't I don't want to bore you with the long story. But you know, a lot of things happened. Uh, some of us got married. Um, Galen had some kids. Um, these are important things. They're important yeah. life yeah. things, and uh, we kind of bounced around a couple of uh, different records that didn't actually make the cut. We we probably wrote around sixty songs that we wow. didn't use, and. Um, kind of took us a while to figure out the direction we wanted to go. Um, mm-hmm. And it also took us a while to find the right person to work with um, as well. We um, we met up with Eric Blood um, from Jubaz Palaces, and he really helped us out on this record. Yeah, that's that's a name that, uh, as you said, Shabazz Palaces yeah. and uh, other sort of experimental hip-hop acts, the satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's not necessarily, I mean, he's a Seattleite, but it's not necessarily the, the, the most obvious uh, uh, pairing or choice, is it? Yeah, uh, but in, artistically, you know, just mm-hmm. in terms of that first Shabazz record, Black Up, we yeah. were, you know, we were thrilled to even get to sit down and meet with him. And he was really hard on us, but in a good way, you know, he kind of rooted out some of maybe the precious things about our band that we thought were part of it. And he just kind of cut to the chase with the songs and told us what he liked and grew them up a little bit. And it was it was great. It was an ideal producer-band relationship. And we plan to keep working with him. You know, we have yeah. dates in September, too. He's our cool older brother. <laughs> <laughs> how, how hard was it to be, you know, a, a certain amount of time and work into a second album and, and to say, uh, this is not what we want to do. I mean, what was that? I mean, with all that, that work and, and the fact that maybe there's a, a pressure to release a, a second record sooner. Right. I mean, it wasn't until sort of what you described as the meteor meteoric <laughs> rise had come down, crashing down, you know, and that those expectations had sort of fizzled out and the ashes were there. And then we could, without those expectations, the song started to come, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. easily. It was fun again. So I think we had to relieve ourselves from that sort of internal pressure. And then once we took that off, we kind of discovered what made the band what it was at the beginning, too. And then that's when all these songs came. Yeah, to add to that, we just, as soon as we, as Galen said, just stopped putting pressure on ourselves. We wrote that whole record in under three months. Huh. It really just kind of yeah. came out. So. And the recording session was like three weeks. You know, yeah, it, was, it was really quick. It was really fun. Yeah, so. well, they're, they're fun to listen to these songs. It's yeah, a fun thanks. record. Uh, it, and I, have, I haven't seen you play them live yet. Yeah. I've seen them here today in the studio. But uh, I got to imagine these are fun to play. That's, they are. Uh, yeah. That's sort of the bottom line. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it, and it's maybe more indicative of where we're currently at. Just sort of, I don't know, as songwriters, as performers, it's been fun to push ourselves in different ways than we did on Can Talk Medicine. We're in studio with Pickwick today playing songs from the new record. It's Love Joys. Let's get to more music. What's coming up? Uh, This song's called Light It Up.
This is Pickwick, and this next song is In Time. Pickwick playing for us. It's a pair more from the new record. Love Joys is just out in time, the name of that tune, and light it up, let it burn from the band Pickwick. Uh, so you dubbed yourselves early on as, as kind of garage R&B. That was uh, one of several labels. I, I don't know if it was you that came up with it or somebody else, but uh, in contrast to those songs on the first record, this this batch feels uh, funkier and, and grittier. Was there sort of a guiding principle? I mean, I know you talked about working with Eric Blood, but was there a, a guiding principle or... Uh, inspiration behind these songs? Uh, I think we, we started expanding the palette of our influences a little bit. Um, instead of kind of focusing on um, 60s R&B, uh, a lot of us started listening to more psychedelic uh, funk mm. and R&B from the 70s and 80s. Uh, like Funkadelic was a really big influence. The first Funkadelic record especially is a really big influence on us. And um, even like Records like the first Bee Gees record. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's cool not as bad as you might. <laughs> it's think. not it's as bad as you might think, people. It's pretty. It's pretty hip. 
Um, I think for me, there were some sounds specifically like the saxophone on Marvin Gaye's uh, What's Going On. I'm hearing the, I'm hearing the, the horns on this one. That I was yeah. allergic to yeah. previously for no good reason at all. And then once I'd kind of gotten over that hump by just listening to it and really seeing what's going on behind it, um, you know, we we could expand the palette into more funky, you know, disco vibes, which before I was like, you know, you'd put up that like vampire sign, you yeah. put up the cross. Like, I'm not going to play disco. But, but there's a lot of really <laughs> like weird kind of esoteric stuff out there that Eric turned us on to that also, again, changed the way that we think about our band and also where we want to go on the next record as well um some weird french disco some weird music from turkey um all kinds of stuff so eric's been really amazing in terms of just showing us new music and perhaps a a white pantsuit in your future then as the front man especially (laughs) that's prophetic (laughs) that's actually we've actually had that conversation I was going to ask this record. You know, it's it's layered and it feels it feels fleshed out and textured in the studio here today too. But I was going to ask the the touring version of this band versus what you're doing with the record. Is there a mind put to that and what you can recreate live? And when you're at home, are there additional horn players? That kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, we'd love to be able to afford to tour with real horns. So we do have a few backing tracks that cover some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like all the vocal effects I did in the studio live, and I'm doing live while we play. You know, same with Michael and all his effects. So there are maybe a few limitations, but, you know, we've done our best to recreate sure. the record, and hopefully we'll trick you. <laughs> there sound like, I mean, it's a big band, but there sounds like there's more of you, actually. Yeah. I'm now extremely poor because I spent all the money I have in this world on effects pedals and stuff, but <laughs> it's all right. I think it's coming through. It's Pickwick in studio with us. Uh, what's coming up next for you guys for the, the rest of the year? You, you touring this record to throughout, or...? Yeah, we've got about a week left of this tour, West Coast. You know, we'll end in Spokane and then head home for a little while, go back to our illustrious day jobs, <laughs> and then in October we'll be out for a full month on the Midwest and East Coast. Great. Well, let's get to one more from uh, Love Joys. What are you going to close with? Yep, this is the last song, Ascension. Leave me where you left me Thought I knew you well how you need me didn't know until even admired you put that a diet up on a shelf didn't want attention even though i fell you can call it your name you can join it with mine however you get it you don't wanna ever be found So you tease ascension, never touch the ground, oh, I'm here to see this 
left his mind No, you leave me like the dawn has come Be there in time oh, No one believes it But no one else can tell it so well That's the last of our set from Pickwick Sounding fantastic in the studio today Ascension is the song Last of Four The new record is called Love Joys Guys, thanks for coming in Thank you. Thanks for having us.